0: Hey, this is Bob Lee, and you're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn, the world's game from an American perspective. The Over the Ball Daily World Cup podcast is brought to you
1: by Soccer America, the soccer paper of record, and by Octane Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn and Chris Shamedes. Well, the soccer world was recently shocked by the passing of an American soccer journalist, Grant Wall, a man who died suddenly while covering Friday's World Cup game between the Netherlands and Argentina in Qatar. Today we are going to talk about the man who was perhaps the most well-known soccer writer in the United States, with two of his longtime friends and associates, Bob Lee, formerly of ESPN, arguably the the face in the media of uh, U.S. soccer for many years, and also my old co-host here on Over the Ball, uh, Grail Hallett. Grail worked with Grant for many years over at Sports Illustrated. When Grant was getting started as a young writer, pitching soccer stories to Sports Illustrated, when soccer was barely even getting a mention and it was a tough sell, but he did it. He went in there. Uh, We'll talk about the game and Grant's huge part in the development and growth of it in this country, as well as in my estimation, and much more importantly, about the man that Grant Wall was, an incredibly kind, caring, and generous person, uh, almost to a fault, a man who has been ultimately taken from us too early. Chris, uh, you, you, you knew Grant as
2: well. Yeah, obviously not as well as Grail and Bob, but, you know, had an exchange or two, uh, specifically when that colleague of mine, he was on the show with us, Mike Winograd, when he ran for U.S. soccer president. And, uh, you know, he went uh, he went well out of his way to make sure that each candidate had airtime and it was very important to him that it was going to be equal offerings and he came across with what i thought it was really classy and ethical of him and that was my first exposure to him in person and then besides that just a, i'm just a soccer person so like he's been a huge part of the landscape here for all these years and uh then even though i didn't know him well clearly someone that you know is an important figure in in who we are as soccer people in america
1: and this is something people have mentioned over and over as they're paying tribute to Grant. It's just the generosity of spirit and time. Uh, you know, he was busy, and yet he always found time for this show. I think he's been on probably 15, 20 times. Um, uh, Bob uh, Grail, welcome to Over the Ball. You know, we, we all have a similar background. And Growing up when I was a kid, the nuns would say, the Lord takes the good ones, and it's our cross to bear. And uh, he was a good one. Bob, you worked with him at uh, ESPN? Um I met him in '94 when yeah. I was covering the Cup with, with ESPN, and you were friends. You were actually exchanging messages from the Cup in the days before his
0: passing. He was. Um, you, you talk about. You know, I still I stand by what I tweeted when I was in shock the other night. A generous of spirit and peerless journalist. I he and I were chatting Wednesday. Uh, he was to do an event with us it's at the Seaton Hall Center for Sports Media. We were doing a panel on Brittany Griner, and we are going to fold in all the issues from the World Cup. And we had a technical issue, so we couldn't record the Zoom. And with everything else going on, I said, well, he, you know, the, the typical Grant." He says, well, let's do it tomorrow. I had to explain that the issue or the panel was that day. Um, the word mm-hmm. no was never in his vocabulary. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, it, it, just go on. I said, going on... To say go on Twitter is to invite you to the sewer of so much of what's wrong yeah. with society and the intellect and and the discourse. But in this case, there's value, especially if you follow Celine Gounder's wife, who was an accomplished physician and was on President Biden's transition team with COVID, and she's now today begun to repost and retweet many of the tributes, and you get a sense of uh, of the stories. Um, you know, I, we we can tell a bunch of stories, but all I can say, you know, in, in general, over sense is that um, the soccer was the least of it. It was the humanity and it was the character of the guy that, you know, he made you smile and would keep you at the table well past espresso and dessert. Just, to, you know, share more stories.
1: Yeah. And uh, Grail, you met Grant when you were an executive at Sports Illustrated, a place where Grant worked for over 24 years uh, when soccer was a tough sell. Um, you introduced uh, him to me personally because I knew of him, but when we were doing over the ball over at Sirius XM FC, uh, I was I was basically intimidated by getting ready to meet this guy, and um boy, he had this just kind of golly way about him, just earnest and nice. Uh, but you guys go way back, huh?
3: Yeah, I am i met him in '96 at Sports Illustrated. I'd been there about ten years, fighting the good fight on the ad sales side for soccer, and. Um, it was so nice to get somebody on the edit staff who was so passionate about soccer. Um, you know, obviously in 94, Sports Illustrated covered that. And that was, I felt like that was almost like uh, our emergence into the world of soccer because for years, a lot of our writers had uh, kind of badmouthed soccer, et cetera. And so just having Grant there as an ally, even though he was on the edit staff and I was on the business side was great because he'd go out on calls with me. He'd go out on sales calls. He'd meet with clients. And he was just, uh, you know, to Bob's point, you know, more than anything else, I'm going to just put aside the the talent, the writing, all of that. Just a wonderful person. Always available. Always accessible. Um, I texted him the day that uh, he got detained for wearing the LGBTQ shirt over in Cutter, and just said how proud I was to call him my friend. Uh, that he stood up, that he made a statement over there and stood up and uh, found out afterwards that, you know, a lot of it was personal because his brother's gay. And, um, you know, that's just who Grant was. So, I mean, the, the the talent speaks for itself in terms of the what he was able to do to get soccer on the radar, not only at SI, but more broadly. And, you know, he kind of, I'm going to pay Bob a compliment here. Kind of what Bob did at ESPN for soccer, Grant did at Sports Illustrated. I mean that's right. It's very parallel in terms of the impact that they had on those organizations. And uh, and without Grant, SI just I just think they would have been even later to the game in terms of covering soccer. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, that was like the the, the days of
1: Frank DeFord there over yeah. there where they would actually do negative stories about mm-hmm. soccer. So for a young writer, it's, you know, he was a, a Princeton grad uh, where he met his wife. They were college sweethearts, uh, you know, and everyone talks about his writing prowess, how, how good he was at, at at that. But to be a young writer and then to go into a new job at Sports Illustrated and try and be a Pied Piper for this game that uh, that he loved. And I got to tell you guys, uh, you know, I, I, he he was not a player, but his articles that he would write right after the game would completely encapsulate things that I, I, I couldn't have put together that quickly thinking about the game. He was very, very insightful. Uh, Chris, almost like a coach, you know, looking at, uh, you know, his breakdowns, he'd have his three thoughts in his sub stack uh, about, you know, the game and he would break it down. He knew
2: the game. Yeah. I mean, as a coach, you know, there's, there's all these different voices out there. Right. And so you, you, you understand that you can't have the bandwidth for everybody. And then you start mm-hmm. to select, you know, who, who you bring in and, and he was uh, a, a written voice that I always turn to, and I think a lot of us coaches did just because there was going to be an acumen on his technical writing, but also the soccer knowledge was realistic, you know? And so when you put those two together, he automatically jumps off the page as someone that you want to read regularly. I did. And I know so many others of my colleagues on the coaching side did as well.
1: So Bob, he was with you at ESPN. He never He was. He, he was being for at each, the yeah. games. We tried to hire him.
0: I mean, one of the, you know, you talk about, talk about grant. And as a person, he was so loyal to SI. Um, I'm trying to remember before, which right. cup it may have been before the 2010 cup. We, we brought him up and I didn't see him that day, but a, a friend of mine did and, um, actually tweeted it and I wanted to kick him in the ass for tweeting it. Like you know, he was up here on an interview. You don't, you know, have to let people know he was up here. Yeah. Yeah. But, right. But you know, I, I, I I don't know for a fact. We offered him a job. I'm sure we would have loved to have had him, but I, I know Grant deferred and 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 wanted to continue working with SI. And eventually, he did. You know, he did some time with with Fox as well. But now, but you know what? It, who you were with and who you were working for and what rights were being held by who? That didn't matter to him, um, right? You know, he if if he would come on outside of the lines on five six hours notice or less if something big was happening. I was privileged to be a guest within the last year, a year and a half on uh, on his podcast. I said, "Grant, I've been out of the game a bit. You know, I haven't been following." He said, uh, we'll tell, old, and we told old stories, we had a great time. Right. We can get into those, but I mean, I mean, he was. Just go back to how we got into the sport as an undergraduate when Bob Bradley was the Princeton coach and suggested, you know, you're looking for something to do for for a major project here as, as an undergrad at Princeton. Uh, you know, the the society and the politics and the realities that surround South American club soccer are fascinating. So he ups and goes. I don't know whether he knew Spanish at that point. He would become fluent in Spanish. But went to uh, Argentina and lived, uh, you know, among uh, the ultras, and and wrote of it, and, and 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 became as anyone would if you could, you know, get it that close to soccer at that primal level, you became infused with it, and that that began his love affair with it. Uh, yeah, I I never played, he didn't play, um, but I mean, he mm-hmm. really learned the game. I mean, he could he could break it down, and uh, you know, yeah. to Chris, to your point absolutely. I mean, I you know, I, I would I would I could bring some editorial threads to it but he could look at the x's and o's and knew the people to talk to about that too
1: yeah he knew the game and you know going back to the 94 games when i thought he was part of espn because it was such a family back then uh in 94 where this new thing was sort of all happening and everybody had this this giddy attitude about this game um you know, and Grail, when you brought him over to Sirius X MFC that first time, like I said, I was intimidated. And I'm like, because I, you know, we knew of him and I saw him, and, but I, I had never met him. And, you know, it was in a studio with him. And he told me a story talking about anecdotes, anecdotes, Bob. Uh, you know, he said to me, I saw you play uh, indoor. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he was. He, yeah. Which, which you had it's to be one of the few to the watch course. me play. <laughs> I, I think uh, he he should have. But he watched me play against the Columbus Capitals when I played for the Kalamazoo Kangaroos and that indoor thing. I it literally floored me. I was just like, You gotta be kidding me. This guy almost left no stone unturned as far as I think his he soccer also, knowledge.
3: I think he mentioned your very tight shorts, Flinny, if I remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, everybody was wearing yeah, a tennis <laughs> and it's my mullet.
0: Thing to view. <laughs> it's like a diaper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, uh some of my best memories over there in that studio, uh, Grail were were uh was grant coming yeah well he and, and just had time. that
3: you know the smile okay i mean i immediately think of grant and the smile because he was such a positive person and whenever we had him on the show or whenever i interacted with him you know even when he, he went through a tough time when he left si yeah and uh fortunately he made him they made amends and he came back and he wrote some stories and it ended the way it should have but Um, I mean, that was the only time I I saw him, you know, a little bit down in the dumps because they just didn't treat him well. But other than that, I mean, just always positive, passionate, you know, not lacking for opinions, but again, not, not as scold and not dour and not, you know, there's so many pundits and writers that are out there that kind of have this affect that is almost like offensive because they're trying so hard to like make this, make a story or make a statement. And Grant was very knowledgeable, but the way he presented it to me was just always in a, in a really nice, kind of classy, positive way. He, also, he became, um,
0: you know, we I would see him most often around qualifiers when we'd be you know, televising the qualifiers. And inevitably, you'd be at the, the press avail day before, and they'd let you into practice for 15 minutes or whatever, and we'd all be on the touchline, and you know, you're not learning anything. And, and as its rights holders, we would get our 15 minutes – uh, the next day, over a cup of coffee with uh, uh, with the coach, and, uh, even if it was jurgen you'd find something out of, of use. But Grant would be there, and 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 their their dinner would per- where, inevitably. He knew them. He knew the right place in town to go, and inevitably, you know, if you were lucky, you got to be in his Uber or cab, and, and and the conversation would just it would and it would start early and it would end late, and it would be three hours of just soccer talk of anecdotes. Uh, maybe it's true, but even if it's not, you know, and you get, you get, you know, Grant Wall at a table with with Casey Keller and Alexi Lalas and our producers and myself and and, and Ian Darks, you know, was, was was there and Taylor Twelman. I mean, you, it would, it would just spin forward into the evening. I remember one particular year, and I'm trying to remember which year it was, when we made a number of trips to Mexico City for, uh... Well we did the, we did the friendly when we first first time ever the United States defeated uh, Mexico in Estadio uh, Azteca, but it might have been 2009 for the qualifier for South Africa, the road qualifier. And at that time we went down there it was my first trip at that point to Mexico City. we were we met with security. we were in up armored SUVs. they had a lot of industrial kidnappings that were going on. so concerns were very tight around our company and we don't you guys, Leave the hotel. We have a lot of security. Cons- things, And we're in Polanco. If you're familiar with Mexico City, it's one of the nicest areas in, in the city, at the, at the at Presidente in Polanco. And it's six stars. You know, it's tremendous. Don't leave the hotel. Well, all right. And then <laughs> up on your phone, Grant <laughs> says, I'm putting together a dinner with a bunch of Mexican friends you guys want in. Well, shit, yeah, we want in. Of course. Yeah, how we could do. you pass that <laughs> up? Yeah, right. we so are be in the lobby at six, and we're downstairs in the lobby, and, and you know, we Looking around, nobody from the company's really watching us. Our security boys are gone. <laughs> and we all want, you know, we get one of those old VW taxis in Mexico City. Now, you know, where are we going? That's the other side of Mexico City? Well, that's like saying the other side of North America, because Mexico City is a sprawl until you see it with your own eyes, especially at ground level. But there we were, sneaking out, breaking orders against curfew. Grant was the ringleader, and he was on his own, of course. I mean, he was with that side, but they weren't worried about him being kidnapped, I don't think. And we, we motor town through some of the, you know, this megalopolis that goes on forever and we end up at this restaurant with a bunch of his Mexican friends and who gracefully knew enough English to, to pull us through the evening. And then what what it was was it was a you know, it was a two country version uh of, of what we did around every other qualifier and Grant put it together. Uh
1: it was an off the pitch friendly
0: Bob. And you know, <laughs> nobody learned anything, we just made some new friends, but it all came together because of grant and uh, you know we, we hauled it back to the hotel we kept it quiet you
1: know i i I'm, you know i don't even want to talk about this in some ways but i guess i i have to sort of talk about it but, you know my first reaction when with his passing was something nefarious had happened over there and i don't know if it's because of the Adna Khashoggi thing or or whatever and i know uh journalists serious journalists Don't go there. So I kind of went there. We watched his brother uh, talk about it. How he said he was, you know, he was a healthy young person, but he wasn't feeling well. Um, He
0: went into some detail about that too.
1: Yeah, and you told me that, Bob, and that's why, like, I kind of thought, all right, I went off the handle a little bit. I think a lot of people did. Um, But there is, there is going to be an autopsy. Uh, You know, they're they're bringing his body back with the Biden administration, as he said, as his his wife, uh, Celine you know, is is part of that. So
0: I, I sort of jumped to a conclusion. Um and was that fair, Bob? I can understand why his brother said what he said because he's his brother and he would mm-hmm. freshen his grief and shock. But you know, Grant would be pissed off at this discussion. Yeah. So I, I, I can tell you, having been at seven World Cups myself, especially when you're working every gosh darn day, every day, and I know yes. exactly when I read his quotes both from the quotes from his podcast and the quotes from his blog of describing his struggles to get well and how it was not in depression i've i've had that uh at the, at the, you know you get something and it start, especially if you're working in a group of people in a compound it just goes through like a like a grade school everyone's gonna get it right so i understand. i understood that part of it so there was a, there's a pretty well established first person recollection that he was having some health issues there. So, you know, the best, I think to honor him, the best we can do on that front is just wait for an independent postmortem, Right.
3: Yeah. Hey, right. hey Clint, just one thing right. about the tributes that have been pouring in and, you know, they've been so vast. I mean, even I've been surprised, but the thing that's been so heartwarming, I think, is the focus has just been on Grant the person. right? I mean, obviously people talk about the writing and what they learn from whatever, but like almost to a person everybody leads with grant the person and some kind thing that he did for them. Some way he lifted them up somehow, some way he mentored them somehow, you know, and I just think that that's the measure of who the person was, you know, and the person yeah. that we lost. You
1: know, we have this, this podcast and there's a lot of them out there, obviously. And I was, you know, taking like you were Gra- grail about, how many people said he always gave their the cooligans these these uh, you know um, all these other podcasts soccer podcasts grant made the time uh, mm-hmm. he made the time for them all and i and i think you're right i just felt like i i had to at least uh mentioned it a little bit there um as we move on um you know and he has uh that new young family that he has so it's uh, it, it's sad in in many ways and um and he's he's going to be missed you know i i think to, to go back to, I don't think there's enough American voices in this game. And he was truly the, the voice. So, uh, um, you know, I
0: think it's, it's, it's a big loss for all of us. I don't, I don't, as I said, I don't think anybody ever in this country explained the game, informed the game and, and proselytized in his own way for the game that he did. I mean, I no one period. Um, and, Go back to what was his first cup that he covered it was ninety eight, I believe, for SI. Yeah,
3: yeah, and, yeah, yeah.
0: It was, it was yeah. France. Yeah, and um, you know, full time soccer writers. I mean, there were the guys, and they're great guys at Soccer America who were turning out that product, which is is still to this day, you know, a vital part of the entire ecosystem of American soccer. But uh, among uh, mainstream publications. It just didn't happen, and you know it's just to get to that point. I mean, (laughs) you you pick up SI back when it was less digital and it was tactile and and physical, and you Mm -hmm. say, "What does he have?" And like he's got to sit down with with Messi. Uh, Or he's, you know, look at the datelines of where he went and immersed himself in that, you know, and and you have to also at the same time, you've got to give credit to the old administration. and uh, You know, better than me, far better than me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, back in the day when when SI was was SI with all due respect to the current product. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bankroll this. To do that, I mean, just like you know, we're proud of what we're as a network able to do in South Africa. We had 300 people in country, blah blah blah, in 2010. I think changed the paradigm for how you cover an event. You're not going to see that again because the whole financial situation has shifted. Same thing in in in, in magazines and in you know uh, it, all of me. All journalism is merging. But I mean, kudos to SI, I think for yeah for for financing, backing, and and promoting this. And re, I mean, now of course you know, that sort of attention on soccer makes sense because, I mean, look at the demographics. I mean, advertisers Mm -hmm. would kill for the sports demographics and grant was so far ahead of the curve and prepared the field for everybody else.
3: Well, to your point, Bob, uh, back in 98, Bill Colson was the managing editor and um, obviously Grant was definitely kind of in his ear about soccer and they were both over in Paris together and Bill didn't really know that much about soccer, but he was in Paris when France won it (laughs) and was there for the the final. And that converted Bill Cole, that event, experiencing it in person, all of a sudden, all sorts of possibilities opened up. And I think, you know, and it was to Grant's benefit too, because I think, you know, it wasn't as if, you know, all of a sudden soccer be, you know, trumped american football or something but it was in the conversation finally which was great
1: yeah francis i was there as well and it was a a pretty amazing experience i could see someone being converted you know i think you're talking about the trailblazing element to what grant did there and now with you know we had his Substack show. he was hustling he was he was working hard he was pumping out a lot of articles um you could you know buy the subscription and it's a new media it's a new way of uh, going and you know i read a Tweet from LeBron James, and it just it mentions what like what you were talking about, Bob. He had this ability to sit down with people, and they liked him right away because he was a true spirit. He was very earnest. Um, and LeBron said he followed him, continued to has continued to follow him, and they spoke occasionally, um which it says I think says a lot about both both of them. Well, you know
0: what's interesting? He wrote the book about the the Beck, what was it called the Beckham Beckham experiment. Beckham experiment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's so well done, and mm-hmm. um. But to get to the essence of how people respect and respected and Grant as as a, as a journalist and as a truth teller, uh, that book, uh, my good friend Alexi Lawless was in management then with the franchise in L.A. and the back and forth, you know, there there you know, that the whole timeline portrayal does not leave everybody covered in glory uh, at various moments in Los Angeles. And I remember one time after that book came out, I said. Is that book fair and accurate? And Alexei thought for a second. He said, yeah, you know, it, it's accurate and it's fair. He wasn't happy, but it was accurate and it was fair. And that you can report on someone like that, and it's not positive, but it's accurate and fair, uh, and be received well and re- remain a un- good, well, friend. certainly, I think speaks to uh, the stature that you have and, and your reputation coming into the whole situation. I mean it was Grail Wall, so you knew whatever he tell you know you can't argue with the facts, yeah. and whatever conclusions right. he reaches are are well documented,
1: Grail he was on our show to to uh, to push that book, I remember
3: yeah, I yeah, and I'd like to just comment on that for a minute because you know you were alluding to the hustle, which he in a way was kind of forced into i mean, yeah. um, and Bob, I'd love your opinion on this is just kind of how the landscape has changed a lot for journalists and how you're having to kind of, you know, figure it out on your own. And and Grant was constantly, you know, doing that with Substack or with Meadowlark, with John Skipper. And, you know, he was out there as, I mean, he had an agent obviously, but he was out there doing the hustle himself and he wasn't really tethered to a mother ship. And that's a very, that's a very exhausting and taxing <laughs> enterprise. Yeah. By the way, yeah, he actually, uh,
0: I didn't realize this till after he passed. He's represented by the same folks that represented me, um, you know, Tim, Tim Scanlon and Phil Picciato at, at Octagon. Um, but the I talked to you know through the I work at the Seton Hall Center for Sports Media, which uh, I helped found, and the one thing I try and impart to students is, is now is <clears throat> I'm a dinosaur. I worked 40 years for one company, retired with a 401k and a pension. I mean, I'm a museum piece. You have to be now in 2023 essentially, you have to be entrepreneurial with your career. Grant got that, but like it, it is exhausting to to put up his three things on the game immediately after the game and to have, you know, the the whole series of podcasts that he did with the qualifiers. Um, you know, that is and 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 understanding that immediacy is the most important thing because you know you pick up your phone, and you get all sorts of voices. They may not be accurate, but whoever gets there first is going to get some measure of attention. Chris, getting back to what you said about bandwidth and who do you, who do you you know what alerts do you set on your phone? Essentially, that to me that's one of the biggest decisions. And so, yeah, it's the hustle is exhausting, uh, and we'll never know for sure. But I mean, there's one picture on Twitter. Um, I might have been connected to something that that Alexi had tweeted. It shows uh, Grant seated uh, on a stairwell uh, clearly at, at, a, at a game venue with a microphone and his laptop. I know right I mean my God, you've probably just come up from trying to get quotes in the in the mix zone. Maybe maybe yeah. get in and talk to the coach if it's a US match. You know, get your notes, synthesize your thoughts. What am I going to do? And boom, 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 boom. I mean, it just never ends. It goes on for hours. And then you got to get up the next day before you fly out, probably file again or record again. Um, and it's all dependent. he become a brand, which is a great thing. But yeah. So that's a great, that's a, that's a great, I won't say burden, but responsibility. It really is.
1: Right. But, yeah, there's a responsibility to be a person we trust, a, you know, Waking up this morning, there's there's controversy coming out of the U.S. men's national team camp about a meeting or a vote or whatever. Do you know who I wanted to hear from? Yeah, <laughs> more than anyone yeah. was Grant Wall uh, to to tell me. You know, like like you say, Bob, I, I fly off the handle with certain things. He was always steady, uh, informed, and uh, and I miss his comment as uh, as I'm sure you do.
0: Yeah, yeah I you Grant. know I, I just come back to the to to I just come back to the dinner table. I, I come back to like 2011. Uh, the women's world mm-hmm. cup in germany and we finally and we we were traveling around germany uh, on our little bus like like a rock group going from event to event germany's an easy country to do that finally we all get back to frankfurt run into grant he says come on he says to me and tony to chico who's also gone now that's a sobering thought i know a re- I know a restaurant yeah. of course you know a restaurant Your grant wall we're in Frankfurt. takes <laughs> us to a restaurant he says, don't bother looking at the menu. I know the chef here. And the chef comes over. I, oh, I don't speak a hell of a lot great. of German. And German cuisine is what, what it is. It's German cuisine. He's going to prepare whatever <laughs> he wants for us. But the three of us just sat there. Right worse. <laughs> and we hadn't seen a lot of each other in that tournament, just by the nature of we're, we're, we're at our, our portable set. And Grant's doing his thing, But just to catch up. Um, but then, uh, you know, thinking about that, smiling about that evening at Frankfurt, which went on forever. And then realizing yeah. that they're both gone now. Uh, and how uh, you take nothing, nothing for granted. The time with your family every day, talking to game with friends, check treasure.
1: You know, it's, I think one of the last times we had Grant on, uh, he talked about, uh, I think it was Mexico when you were talking. He it, Did he get robbed in Mexico? No, exactly. What was it? He tells that story. It's a hysterical well, story. He's like, you know, I would have been crazy. There had been a
0: coup in Honduras. We're down in Honduras. Uh, what year? I forget what year it was. My first San Pedro Sula was where the match was, it was well known, and it's this is a great fact to work into your stand up back to sports center. It's the most <laughs> dangerous city in the world. Yeah, I remember th- 300, uh, three quarters of a million people, <laughs> 1,100. Good to you know, it made Chicago look like you know Elysian Park, right? <laughs> wow, so, but there had been a coup and. We could see the political demonstrations still, still taking place in San Pedro Sula, and they had painted over the statues, and they were, it, was, it was fascinating. They had some great pictures, but I'm sitting here in San Pedro Sula because I'm there to cover the, the qualifier. Grant Wall is freaking Grant Wall. Two men are claiming to be the president of Honduras. In Tegucigalpa, about two hours down the road, the National capital. One of them sitting How oh, great it was one of, no, them. Well, one of them? One of them is sitting in the sitting in the presidential palace, the one of them is is at is at the US Embassy getting asylum. He has gotten an appointment to interview one of the two the guy in the US Embassy claim.
2: Oh, so he man. drives
0: to Tegucigalpa from San Pedro Sula, gets within two or three blocks in broad daylight of the US Embassy, and is robbed at gunpoint. And um, so I don't know whether he tweeted it, but this said the, all of us down the road. He's like, we heard about this, and I, like I reached out, like, you okay to, to get your passport? You need some cash. I saw him that night at the match, and he was very, you know, appreciative. Everybody was helping, trying to help him out, but like in pursuit yeah. of a story, taken off on his own. In in this treacherous country, if if you're just you know, an American, even though he spoke Spanish and got robbed, and then came back and covered the match like it was nothing.
1: Oh man, he would tell you he would be laughing as he's telling this story, and I'm like, oh my god, it's just like you know to get the story to chase it down. Um, well, a great man who will certainly be missed. Um, so we'll wrap it up here. But last thoughts on um, on Grant Wall, Chris?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think. You know, at least in my career, being around a lot of college teams through the years, a lot of those those young men and women, ages eighteen to twenty two, in those formative years, are looking at the soccer landscape and always wondering, like, can I make a life out of something in that landscape? And I think he provided another option. You know, with his pioneering work, I think it opened up the door to a lot more. a lot more college students looking at that path of journalism, whether it be on the digital side or the written side and, or both. And, uh, you know, he did so much mentoring that he didn't even realize, you know, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the college students are appreciative of that work and the game. Yeah. And they can have a, a uh, well, make a,
1: make a living at it. Uh, Grail.
3: Yeah. I mean, certainly, um, early on on the print front a trailblazer in, in the U S, um, uh, to Bob's point, not that Soccer America wasn't doing that, but that was and that that was in a pretty small camp. And Grant kind of brought it to the masses. And then again, just the uh the wonderful personality, caring, all that stuff. And obviously my heart goes out to Celine and his family.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing, you know, you talk about soccer America. Yeah. That was the paper of record for soccer people, but it was uh, you know, sort of inside baseball or like, you know, mm-hmm. we were, we were like skateboarders really when a young man goes to sports illustrated and that's the, the big, the big job. And he still wants this game to be taken seriously and, and puts it into that magazine and fights for it. It, it made a huge difference,
0: Bob. Boy well, I tell you, um, it's not a soccer lesson. It's a lesson for everybody in, in their profession that it, that if you are, Giving and caring and mentoring and and responsive, um, you will be paid back uh, in this life and the next because um, you know that that's the true that's the true measure. It's a competitive business. We all know that. Whether it's coaching, whether it's business, whether it's broadcasting, especially broadcasting these days with the landscape changing. Witness, as Grail girl said, the hustle that that Grant was you know, doing and doing well. But as tough as it is that sharing phone numbers and information and contacts. it it, it can do nothing but make the road ahead for others and for yourself better if you are generous, because there was no more generous man than Grant Law.
1: My father told me growing up, give more than you get in life and you're never disappointed. And um, he was, he was truly that uh, generosity of spirit and he will truly be missed um, as a person. Um, Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this special edition of Over the Ball. Uh, Grail Hallett, Bob Lee, uh, Chris Shammity. I'm Kevin Flynn. Um, Be good to each other out there, people. Talk to you next time. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247.